This is a Payon Media production. The following podcast on the Your Own Pay Podcast Network will contain adult content. Listener discretion is advised. More information about this episode can be found at yourownpay.com. On Windows OS Monterey. <laughs> it's Demasi and Michael just talking tech. If we hit an hour, we're we're good. If we're under, I'm fine with that too. We're gonna be experimenting a little bit with the show, and I guess. Let's get into it with a little bit of follow-up. It was brought to my attention that I really needed to open a Google Doc before I opened my mouth and started to jump into it. So it was brought to my attention, though, that on Linode, you can... So following up with last week's episode, uh, well, I guess last episode, DM88, you can resize Linodes. It looks like you cannot resize digital oceans, but according to the documentation, you can resize Linodes. So if that's something you need to experiment with, just know that whenever you're resizing the Linode, you will have some potential downtime while the Linode is resized. To the best of my knowledge, DigitalOcean does not allow resizing when disk space is involved. So I just wanted to... To thank Michael D for sharing that with us. And to clarify, we mean you can scale up on both of those platforms. You cannot go back down to a smaller size, uh, except on Linode. Yep. So want to throw that in there. And quick show notes and more information can be found at youronpay.com slash DM89 for this episode. Kind of a weird way to start it, but Demasi... Did you have anything you wanted to mention uh, following up on DM87 with file extensions? Because I'm learning about the Mac, so maybe we should all be informed. <laughs> what all of a sudden, I do care. <laughs> yeah, it makes a big difference now, huh? Mm-hmm. So essentially, we, we were talking about, and at the time, the news had kind of just broken. Uh, we were talking about Apple announced that in... Mac OS 12.3, they will be deprecating kernel extensions in favor of, uh, well, actually, so what they were saying, what, what was reported at the time is that Apple was changing the way file providers were handled in Mac OS. I and several other people took that to mean exactly the way that they said it uh, because it was reported wrong. They used the wrong words, basically. Apple was not changing the behavior of file providers, which is their new finder extension system, uh, similar to the way that you can hook things into files app on iOS and iPad OS. You can now, in a more safer way, hook things into finder such as Dropbox and uh, OneDrive on macOS. Now, the way that Dropbox and OneDrive were hooking into it was the old, somewhat insecure way, I'm going to say more just buggy way of doing it, was using kernel extensions uh, on mm-hmm. the system level. What Apple actually said was, we're deprecating these kernel extensions, so you better get your butt over there and start using file providers or your stuff is going to break. <laughs> now, there was a lot of uproar about this after the fact. It's like, oh, I can't believe they're doing this. Why would they do it this way? Apple's announcement could have been a little bit more clear. Uh, but in Apple's favor, they started telling developers in like 2019 that the, the kernel extension access was going away for uh, Finder and hooking into the system the way that Dropbox has been doing. And really, honestly, the way that everybody that was a third-party cloud storage um provider that would show up your files in finder i keep saying like dropbox because everybody's very familiar with how dropbox works it just ends up being a folder on your system Uh, google drive recently got that behavior OneDrive, i don't just don't have enough familiarity with it but that's pretty much how it works also uh but they're getting rid of the current they're deprecating uh i don't even think deprecating is the right word uh, i think they're turning off the kernel because they deprecated <laughs> them in 2019 yeah the, the slowness of the whole transition process has already started but i think that was not touched on on a lot of the tech related stories we listened to at first 
Right. But it's kind of the way that Apple put it out there, or at least the way it was put out there by the people uh, who reported it, as well as the way that it was kind of written up by Dropbox, at least, because I did take a quick peek at their article. Like it hinted that they were making changes to a, a newer feature when it's basically they deprecated it for Apple, at least. This may not be true for all. Uh, places with engineers that create software but for apple when they say we have deprecated the thing it still works typically for a couple of years after they say it's deprecated but that's a warning that is a warning sign to developers that you need to start getting away from using whatever that feature is they have deprecated because they will at some point turn it off uh what did catch a lot of people off guard is that this did kind of happen midstream of an OS release instead of being announced at like WWDC like hey this feature is now no longer supported they're doing it at like 12.3 so a lot of confusion some of it most of it probably Apple's fault in the way that they communicated the original message and then it wasn't helped in the way that everybody just kind of went off and started going a little nuts uh, about it. I can't remember if I kind of went nuts about it or if I was just talking about it. If I did go nuts, I apologize, but I don't think I did. I was just like, why is Apple changing the file provider extension? Again? Yeah, I, th- I think you were just asking, like, generally, this is what I heard. Why is this happening? And more specifically, why is this happening now versus with a new OS update? Right. And that was kind of my, that was kind of my position still. Like, I still wonder why they're deprecating this in the middle of a release cycle like that. Uh, but it's their, it's their operating system. They can do what they choose to do with it. As we all know. <laughs> but on the flip side of that, I, I said this to Michael at the time when we, when I figured out what was going on. Um, and I want to say it for everybody listening. What's very strange to me and very unusual, uh, if especially if you're a, a heavy Google product user, say Google Drive, Google Docs, etc., and you use those products on mobile or attempt to use those products on mobile. Google is not the fastest at implementing new features when Apple releases them. Uh, you know, see, I think Google Drive or Google Docs just now getting dark mode like a couple <laughs> of months ago. Uh, things of that nature. But... Google Drive has been supporting the newer supported methods of file provider access on macOS almost from the beginning. Like they, mm-hmm. they were not that far behind getting that update out there. Uh, and again, you know, they've had almost two and a half years for Dropbox and OneDrive to kind of get their stuff together. So, you know. There it is. The downside for everybody listening, if you didn't listen to DM eighty seven or if kinda like me, you somewhat forgot about what the whole issue was is that essentially right now the way that things work with Dropbox, OneDrive, etc. If you're browsing the finder on the Mac and you locate a file in Dropbox, you can just open it and it will open the associated application. Until Dropbox uh, and OneDrive and any other people using this extension, those just happen to be the two biggest companies. Right now on Mac OS, if you are in, let's say, text edit, and or pages or word or whatever you hit the open dialogue you can browse to a file in dropbox and open that associated file right from the open end dialogue starting in 12.3 until dropbox and OneDriver updated to support the new file provider api extensions in mac os you can you will not be able to open files from directly within an app you will have to go through the finder locate the file and then open it in the associated application and that's the biggest difference that's coming up then correct yeah that that is the biggest issue uh with the change right now is that you're not you're no longer going to have that that open end dialogue until they update i mean dropbox apparently has a beta out i imagine microsoft probably has one out at this point but that is going to be the biggest change for a lot of people um and it's the reason for that is because the way that these systems are designed now is that you can see all of your Dropbox files or all of your OneDrive or Google Drive files at once, but they're still in the cloud, right? So the ones that are still in the cloud won't be openable from within the application directly. You'll have to navigate to them and open them from the finder, and then they'll be able to be used inside of an application. So it's just kind of a little bit of weirdness. Depending on how you navigate around and find files and open them, it may or may not even affect you. Right. Uh, if it were me, it probably wouldn't really affect me at all if I were in this situation. 
Because <laughs> uh, I tend to go find stuff in LaunchBar in first LaunchBar, and then send it yep. to the app. Because I tend to open something, some similar file types in different folders, I mean, different applications, depending on what I'm trying to get out of it. Like if I'm going to edit a markdown file, that's one application. But if I just want to look at the markdown file so I can read it, well, I open that up in Marked. See, for me, with my recent adventures, l- l- opening a file from LaunchBar or a system prep from LaunchBar is so much faster than opening the application, going to open, then going to find the file, like, so much faster. <laughs> yeah, like, I haven't really used my computer in that way in so long. Like, it's rare for me to open up a file that way. Uh-huh. I, I had to write SO twice, and then all of a sudden, SO is sound preferences for me uh, on LaunchBar <laughs> right away. <laughs> so that, folks, is why uh, LaunchBar is an amazing application, although I put all of those system preferences. First, I have to type SP, then I can type D, because ah, I don't want it showing up okay. randomly. That makes sense. And I don't want it. Uh, yeah. So I do it as a sub-search. Only. So you do SP and then right arrow and then type SO? Uh, well, actually, I just do SP, hit space, and then type, you know, SO or ah. SE or, or BL. Yeah. 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 Like that. Like that. So, Mike, speaking of LaunchBar and you using LaunchBar to open up sound preferences, what are you doing back on the Mac, man? What is What is going on? It's like he's a professional at this or something. That was a smooth transition, and it'll sound even smoother, too, when I edit this comment out. So I decided to, okay, let's be honest. Mallory decided to have me try the Mac earlier this week. and Man, you can't just keep throwing your wife under the bus like that, dude. But I can. <laughs> I can for this instance, though. If she wouldn't have said anything, I wouldn't have even really thought about it. I would have just stuck with my Lenovo and kept moving on with Windows and going on. And honestly, that's probably what I'm doing. I don't know. I'm very torn. Very torn. I don't want to buy another Mac, but it sounds like that's probably what we're going to have to do. So Mallory made a comment to me earlier this week that I won't share with everyone. But in summary, she wants a new Mac and wanted me to try out the MacBook Air to see if I like it. And I told her, I said, I have a lot of problems with voiceover, mainly because it hasn't been innovated on in several years, at least for the most part. There are little things here and little things there, but a lot of my productivity needs, for example, flexible web and place markers, I didn't think I could do on the Mac. This being said, however, I told her, I said, Mallory, I will try it out for a couple of days. And I think I even said it just like that. I'm like, I will try it out for a couple of days. Let me talk to Demasi. Let me talk to Jason. Let me get some feedback from from real Apple users versus someone who just kind of tinkers around with it here and there. I kind of like the Mac, Demasi. <laughs> I I kind of like what I'm seeing. Um, I, I There's a bit for me to get used to, but I can replicate a lot of the functionality that I have using things like hotspots. And I need to check out what are they called? Web regions or, or web something. Uh, um, there's web spots. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what's the difference between a hotspot and a web spot? <laughs> man, don't ask me. I, I, I really should be able to tell you, but I can't. Uh, yeah. I do use web spots uh, quite a bit uh, myself. Uh, I've actually started using them in WordPress with Gravity Forms because, you know, there's no heading to mm-hmm. get to the field settings and all that hey, sort of Hey, Gravity stuff. Forms, where's that heading for form settings? Looking you promised me it. a heading like six months ago. Yeah, yeah, come on, come on. Someone share this with Gravity Forms. Uh, you know, I mean, I know you do solve a lot of my problems, but you're now starting to create some problems, <laughs> too. Just, you know, just to be clear about this, like, you know. The shine is starting to wear off. The honeymoon is over. Yeah. So back to what I was saying, though. Uh, with VoiceOver, I'm I'm so I'm using it on a MacBook Air M1, eight gigabytes of RAM. I think it's two fifty six gig hard drive space, if I remember right. And it's not a horrible experience. I do miss some things about Windows, such as virtual desktops and being able to jump back and forth, but I may have a solution for that. I'm going to experiment with that and let people know more after I play with a few things. I did miss my audio being able to listen to music like I can right now, just slide up a slider and no one else in Clubhouse or in Clean Feed hears the music that I'm listening to as I'm frantically checking the knobs and buttons to make sure that none of those knobs and buttons are not pressed like they shouldn't be. Uh, And 
you know, at, at first I'm like, well, this, I'm going to miss these things with windows. But then with Demasi's hours of repeating himself multiple times, uh, and patience, I now think I have a semi clean grasp of loopback and how to get loopback to work with the, um, with the Mac, uh, Mallory bought me a dock for Christmas that Demasi recommended to her. I'll find a link to it and put it in the show notes at your own pay.com slash DM 89. So I could plug the mixer in, then just plug that into the Mac. I have not been able to quickly swap between the Mac OS and windows, uh, with the mixer. I need to work on figuring out how to make that happen. If I'm going to keep switching between operating systems. But as we were talking, I think before we started recording, uh, it gets to be a little difficult when you're using windows in the morning, Mac and midday and windows in the evening, keeping all your keystrokes straight, at least for me. So I may not be doing a lot of switching, but yeah, that's, that's my Mac adventures in a summary. What questions do you have Demasi? Loopback is a very interesting tool. Um, I So first and foremost, for anybody not familiar with Loopback, I don't know how you could have, well, maybe you're a new listener. Hi, new listener, because if you have been a long-time <laughs> listener, you have definitely heard me talk about Loopback. Definitely. Uh, but if you're new around these parts, Loopback is an application made by the excellent people at Rogue Amoeba um, who make excellent audio tools for macOS in general. Loopback allows you to create virtual devices, uh, virtual audio devices on Mac OS and route your audio around. So it's very much like having virtual cables inside of your computer to route and um, send and receive audio in, in very convoluted ways, depending on how complicated you <laughs> want to make things. I mean, literally, I built a version of this mixing board inside of Loopback before I had this mixing board. Uh, so it, it can get a little crazy, but on, on the basics of it, you can just create virtual audio devices that then show up as inputs or outputs uh, in different applications. And one very simple use case of it that I uh, started out using it for is I wanted to be able to send voiceover and my microphone into, uh, I think it may have been Skype at the time, actually. <laughs> uh, that brings back some memories. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I just created a uh, loopback device and I added two sources. I added voiceover as a source and I added my, at the time, USB microphone as a source. And then I selected that device as the input into uh, Skype. And that allowed the person that I was teaching at the time to both hear me and hear voiceover. And when I, you know, was kind of done with that portion of things and didn't need to demonstrate voiceover anymore, I just switched back to just the default USB microphone. That's one example of it. But it's a super powerful application. There are two downsides to me. Well, there's one major downside to me for loopback. There's a lot of people who probably haven't heard us talk about it before that are listening like, oh, I could actually use that. It's a hundred bucks. And it's not that it's not worth the hundred bucks. Uh, the problem that I have with it is that for a lot of people that could make use of a virtual audio device, they only need maybe one, possibly two. But I would say you could get by with one. Uh, and I wish Rogue Amoeba would make a light version of Loopback that just maybe gave you the one audio virtual audio device to be able to route audio because for a lot of people it will solve a need that they have without them having to throw a hundred dollars at the problem and you know essentially it's sort of like going out and spending a thousand dollars on a mixer when all you really needed was just a better pair of headphones and a usb mic <laughs> hmm, hmm. Uh, but it's Hope great you're not software. looking at me demasi oh. <laughs> no 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 is is you know thinking about some people that we have have spoken yes. with over the years that are like oh I need to go out and get a mixer and it's you know, actually kind of really you're just adding more complexity to your life uh, and you don't really need it it's kind of overkill for what you are attempting to do. Meanwhile, I'm sitting over here like man I need some more inputs and outputs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like like I'm sending I've all week I've been sent taking audio from Zoom with the mixer and sending it into Clubhouse. Uh, thanks to Demasi's patience while I was recording 
while we were doing this little recording, quick side note, and this will stay in the podcast. I want to say hi to Aaron Spears in Clubhouse. Appreciate you listening. This episode will be edited and live on Tuesday at yourownpay.com. Anyways, so I was grabbing audio and sending it into Clubhouse through Zoom all week. And then when I accomplished it, I even stepped away for a minute and called Demasi and said, Demasi, I did it. I got Clubhouse audio to go into Zoom without Clubhouse hearing themselves again. So it's the little things that that I accomplish with this board that that remind me how useful it is. And then I realize I need more inputs and outputs. Uh, so maybe Loopback will help me. But here's something that I wanted to bring up to you in relation to this uh, topic, Demasi. I spent all day today trying to get Loopback to work the way I envisioned it to work. And the way I envision it to work will... will will eventually work out properly. I don't know how that's going to work out, but it will eventually work out properly. And I'll be able to encompass the board uh, with it so I can still have the physical sliders and control volume in my headphones and, and have mute buttons that I can use to mute myself and other things. But I spent all day working on this in loopback and still didn't get it accomplished. I, I do have a tip I want to share, but I want to ask you, have you... Have you found yourself in a situation where you feel like you should know how to do something, but it takes you all day long to get that thing done, but yet you can go look at something else and get things done a lot easier than what you spent a whole day trying to mess with audio with this? Does that make sense at all? What I'm trying to say? It does make sense. And that does happen. And I would imagine that, uh, that probably happens to a lot of people in different scenarios. Uh, for example, there are times where I may be trying to accomplish something in WordPress and I just, I need to write just a little snippet of code or, or tweak a little snippet of code that I have dug up on the internet. And it's like my brain just will not process that little, like the light just does not come on for that one little thing I need to do to make this work. It's like, oh no, it's not there. That didn't work. It's throwing an error, yada, yada, yada. And that's oftentimes when I would just walk away and find something else to do. Uh, because what ultimately ends up happening is like, there'll be a click and it'll be like, oh, hey, dummy, uh, you should have put a comma at the end of that thing right there. Uh, or maybe if I was a better debugger, I would know that. <laughs> that has happened with me. That has happened with me with, uh, with, with working with the board. That has actually happened to me using loopback, like trying to build something to, perform a specific function and not quite having it work and sometimes just stepping back and going off and doing something else and letting it kind of cook in the back of your brain a little bit and then you know you get that you're like oh yeah that's it and sometimes that's the reason you know you end up out of the bed at two o'clock in the morning because you woke up and you're like oh i know how to do it <laughs> yeah yeah that's happened before several uh -huh. times so what i wanted to share that it took me a while to grasp, uh, and, and it's, I think it's kind of helped a little bit with my loopback setup on the Mac is you mentioned don't VO right arrow or don't use your VO keys when you're configuring it because you'll have a better X or you'll have a better experience with interacting with devices. And that's good. Like you can use your up and down arrow keys to go through the devices that are in there and correct me if I'm wrong, but right arrow to get over to the channels and then right arrow to get over to the outputs. And then if you have hardware output, you right arrow again, when you get to the output you want to configure. What I didn't understand is that you can interact with the source itself. So if I add the Soundcraft board to the sources, or if I added Clubhouse, or if I added or a Club Deck, or if I added Zoom, on that far left side of Loopback, you can actually interact with the device itself and then choose the source channels. And I think that helped me a lot with, with figuring out how to get things uh. to go where I want it to go. Because I'm like, how... I think I told you this. I'm like, sometimes I figure out how to get here. Other times I can't figure out how I got there. And sometimes you'll go to interact with something and be like nothing to interact with or whatever it says. Uh, so I think that threw me off for a bit. Yeah. And I, I don't think I caught that. That's where you were getting stuck. So absolutely. So navigating around with the arrow keys is good when you're on like what I'm going to call the top level of the device. When you're looking at the different sources that you have, the different channels, the different outputs that you have in that device, and you want to move them, move amongst those. Once you say get to the source that you want to 
kind of manage its particular settings, then you interact. And once you interact with a source uh, or, or any sort of device there, you can uh, VO left and right arrow will then become more useful. What I have found with trying to navigate around. So let's say we built, we're building a device here in loopback and I add the signature 12 MTK, I add club deck and I add Chrome, all the sources. And then I want to send the audio out to channel nine, 10 on the board is, is where I want that, that uh, monitoring as they call it in loop back uh, the monitoring uh, source or destination to be right. So I'm going to go in and add all of those devices for sources. And I'm going to go add the, um, the uh, monitor uh, as to 12 MTK. Now, obviously, well, not obvious to people listening, but obvious to you, Mike, like I'm going to have to go in and do some configuration of the board. Otherwise, I'm going to be sending 12 channels of audio. <laughs> of the uh, same thing. <laughs> yeah. Like just loop, lo- literally looping back the audio into the board. So like, that's not going to be a fun experience for anybody. So the way that I would move around to say, create the uh, channels or, or things like that is like, first, let's say I, I am sitting on the uh, voiceover uh, source. I don't want to interact with voiceover. So up arrow or down arrow, just depending on how things have falling out in, in space there, like will allow me to move up and down between those sources. Once I land on the 12 MTK, then I interact and then I can do VO left and right arrow to navigate inside of that space. Uh, and there are actually two levels of interaction inside of the device itself. There's the channel section and then there's the option section where you can choose to have the audio of the device muted. You can adjust its volume, things like that. What I have found when navigating on that top level, though, where you where you're looking at all the different devices and different channels just spread out VO left and right and up and down don't always move you in a linear fashion. Yep. So you will be on voiceover and you're like, okay, well, I want to go delete one of these channel connections, one of these wires that voiceover has here. So I'm going to VO right arrow because naturally, you know, audio is flowing from left to right. Well, you may find yourself all all the way over on the, (laughs) uh, you know, monitoring section. Right. So that's when the arrowing around kind of helps moving once you're inside of an actual independent uh, device uh, or channel group in there, then VO left and right or, you know, will work just fine. It's a little confusing, uh, but I actually find it, I guess, because I've been dealing with it so long and it was an epiphany for me when I kind of figured it out because I was yeah. struggling yeah. for a while with it until I was like, oh, this works this way, that works that. Okay, cool. So, a hint that I want to give to people that as a, so I had to call Apple accessibility earlier this week and I told the guy, I said, I'm hold on, hold on. Wait, stop. I got to stop you right there. There's a tip right there. Like just pick up on the call Apple accessibility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That too. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have a phone number to Apple accessibility in the show notes. Cause well, I knew they were there, but I think this, I think this last week is the first time I've ever called them. So pick up the phone every once in a while and call Apple Accessibility. Maybe Google Accessibility, too. Although I don't know if they have a phone number. But I called and I told Oh. You know how shocked many people would be to know that if you're a Workspace customer, there's actually a phone number you can call. Yeah, yeah. I almost use live chat today. Quick side note: I almost use live chat for switching my domain over, and then I went through their automated system, and it walked me through every step I needed to do. I read the help documents, and what the help documents told me should have worked, but it didn't. But when I followed the guide that their automated system had, I'm like, that was that was a pleasant experience. Thank you, Google. I didn't have I to. I will this. give them that if you hit help inside of especially from the google admin area, it probably works in other places too but especially in the google admin area uh one you start instantly seeing things relevant to the to the page of the admin area that mm-hmm. you're on yep uh and when you search for something like yeah it, it, it has been tremendously uh helpful i have no idea what the what the uh what the document tells you to do but it probably is wrong because they're still conflicting stuff out there also mm-hmm. like there's there's g suite documentation and then there's workspace documentation and some of those things are different but sometimes making a phone call or going through the help document is 
is essential to get past a little mental hurdle you might be having. So earlier this week, I called Apple Accessibility. He told me that for someone coming back to the Mac, I was doing pretty good with voiceover and able to get through things quickly and stuff. And I was trying to figure out how to get voiceover to stop telling me that I was on row nine and then row 10 and then row 11 of a table. And I just couldn't grab, I, I, I kept hearing the checkbox, but it was one checkbox and it wasn't where I was expecting it to be. But Apple accessibility kindly did a screen share and helped me out with it. But the point was, um, now I don't even remember what the point was of that entire story. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) See, that's where we get make phone calls though, make phone calls, ask for help. And, uh, Oh, that's what it was. And so I had made some configuration changes to voiceover because voiceover can be very wordy when you first turn it on for a, for a brand new user. That's okay. For someone who's been using voiceover on and off for, oh man, it's going on 14 years, 2006. So going on 16 years, um, I turn a lot of that off. So what I learned in Loopback is if you actually pause and wait for a second and get the hints, there's some very valuable and useful hints that will help you get done what you're trying to do. And it can help the experience be better. But I was not listening to those hints because I thought I was just going to say, you know, VO space or something to, to activate or or something. But no, it was telling me about the wires and what they were connected to and how to connect wires to different inputs and outputs. Yeah, so it took me a while. And I think I was actually looking at the current version right now when it first released before I realized they had those help tags. Uh, I, I obviously had figured out how to use it in version one, but version two, I think the only reason I called it is because they did change the interface up a, a, a great deal. Uh, and as per, you know, usual, as is normal for most people, they changed the interface up of an app that I was extremely comfortable with. And I was like, I don't think I like this. Why did you do it this way? You know, the only thing you could have done that a little differently, but everything else in the old version was just fine. Why are you doing? And then I discovered while I was sitting there, you know, uh, basically bitching about the the interface and how it, I didn't like it. Uh, there was voiceover help hints that were just there. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like press VO space to select this channel down arrow and then press VO space again to connect it. And I was like, Oh, any other action will cancel this. And that's uh-huh. what that that was the <laughs> light bulb moment. I'm like, ah. Ah, so if I VO right out, you're probably gonna cancel this. Uh-huh. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So good job on Rogan even with that app. As well as uh and you know, I should have known better because when they redid audio hijack uh with the current block style building, like it did take some people actually I, I took to that fairly quickly i didn't use the old audio hijack too much before uh, that though yeah uh and somebody explained it very well and i think it was one of the rogue amoeba people or somebody that you know got to was on the beta somebody explained how it worked and i was like oh okay well that makes sense right uh and i've not had any problems with that interface and it is very you know helpful without being overly wordy uh another tip for mac users if you are coming back or just maybe you don't know this shortcut. VO shift H will read your help tips to you instantly instead of you having to wait three seconds or however long you have it set for. Uh, that is also a customizable setting as to how long voiceover mm-hmm. will pause as you sit on an element before it will read the help hint. I have mine pushed out to like three or four seconds, I think, because usually I don't need them. Uh, but one, if I just sit there and I'm, I'm kind of feeling stuck, you know, maybe a help tip will, will get read out. And I'm like, oh, that's what I do. Uh, but more importantly for me, if I feel like I want to know if there's a help tip, I typically will hit uh, VO shift H just to have it read out instantly. Uh, a lot of customization there. You can have voiceover at least tell you that an element does have a, a, a help uh, or hint uh, attached to it. Uh, and not read it like so you know play around in vo utility for those of you who are new to the mac coming back to the mac or just have never looked at that weird application that's in the utilities folder that you probably never look in 
Command 6 takes you to the sound preferences if you ever lose sound. <laughs> that is a good tip. And I used to remember exactly how many tabs would get you to the dialogue to change it. It's uh, Command it's, Shift, go to the bottom of the window and VO left arrow once, and that'll take you to the pop-up then. Hmm. No, if I, if I remember it. right. Hold on, now I got to do it, because we can't, we can't tell people that and not know. Now we got to do it. So, here's so, a, so one, voiceover utility, uh, VO F8. Uh, we'll open that up for you. Now, this is a tip that if you do any weird stuff to your audio the way that we do, or you're plugging crap in and unplugging it and all of that, and your audio goes weird, uh, one way to get your audio back is what a lot of people may not know with voiceover is you can go into VO Utility and actually uh, map voiceover output to either just go to whatever the default system audio is, or you can map it to a specific output, and it'll always stay there. So for example, always. Uh, Always. And especially on M1 Max, it became, uh, well, not even M1 Max. I'm going to say back to the 2016 and later uh, MacBooks, the first ones that had Touch ID and the uh, uh, whatever that chip was Apple was using, the, the bridge chip before they put the M1 out uh, that allowed you to do Touch ID and all of that stuff. Those laptops especially, uh, if you hardwire voiceover to be to your speakers and then you went and plugged in some headphones, voiceover is still coming out of your speakers. So just be aware of that. Anyway, VO F8 or open up VO utility. Command six, you got to be good at your keyboard right here now because if you don't have any sound, like, you know, you, you, this is how you fix yep. it. Yep. Uh, command F, Command six will move your focus to the sound preference. Now, I'm going to try what Michael said. So I'm going to hit VO... FN right arrow, at least on. Thank you, because yeah. I was trying to remember what it, because I was just going to hit VON, because I got a full extended keyboard. So, yeah, what Michael said, if you're on a laptop keyboard, uh, VO, FN, right arrow, which simulates uh, FN and right arrow does the end command. That's if you had a full extended keyboard and you had the home end key. So, uh, FN, VO, command, right arrow uh, jumps you all the way to the end of the window. You're on a help button and if you VO left arrow once once yeah hey that's a whole lot quicker than me tabbing to it <laughs> like I used to do never tried that uh, yeah VO left arrow once and you are now on the audio button uh, and if you hit that two tips number one with most menus on Mac OS as on Windows uh, if you type the first letter of the thing that usually will get you there what you're most likely looking for on the Mac is going to be, uh, hold on. Well, you have to base it off whatever you got plugged into your Mac. Um, yeah, because like Mallory's MacBook Air says MacBook speakers. Yeah, you got MacBook speakers. Nope, mine does not say that. Mine says uh, external headphones. I got system default, which is mapping it to whatever the default output for the computer is uh so yeah just be aware of what you have connect so if you have headphones in usually he or ex will get you there for that good tip here too if you change your output for voice over audio and you don't either you lose your audio or it doesn't come back wait 10 seconds don't do anything else just wait 10 seconds and it'll go away i think you can also hit the escape key and that'll get you out of that dialogue. But I just sit there and wait for it to fall away, yeah. and I try again. Um, yep. And you have to, you have to exp explicitly agree to changing the audio output before it will actually change it. And get familiar with the voiceover utility and the way pop-ups, like visualize those before you go changing audio around, or you may be slightly confused. Because what Tomasi just said, and and I mentioned it too, you know, VOF8, that puts you in... FN, if you're on a laptop in some instances, that puts you in voiceover utility. Command 6 will take you to the, I believe it sounds pane. And then if you go to the end of that window, you're on help. So you know that because you've already looked at this. Then VO left arrow once to get to the pop-up to choose your sound settings. Then VO space. Or do you tap down arrow? I always VO space on those to pop them up. Uh, yeah, I think I just VO space. Yeah. And then choose your output. So, uh, good good tip for me. I, I 
I told Nawasi earlier today, I was going to look up what episode it was that we talked about me being on the Mac and doing Windows for work. I'm going to be playing with the Mac a bit over the next couple of weeks because I will tell you what, it's a little thing, but Michael mentioned this uh, from IACast and I accidentally did it today and then I'm like, oh yeah, that's a thing. If you tap F6, it puts everything, everything in Do Not Disturb. One keystroke. Wait, what? Let me see. On the MacBook, it does. Uh, nothing happened. Well, then maybe you should switch back to a MacBook. Hold on. Hold on. Hold are, on. are your function keys hardware or software? Or can, do you have that option? One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, say something, Mike. Hello. Can you hear okay. me? Yeah, you're still there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, what does this do now? It's supposed to put everything so on Do Not on Disturb? On the MacBook, F6 puts everything in Do Not Disturb focus mode. I don't know if you can choose what focus mode it goes into or if it's always the Do Not Disturb focus mode. But with the hmm. latest OS on Windows... Or <laughs> on Windows OS Monterey. <laughs> <laughs> but with the latest Mac OS and iOS, it'll put everything in Do Not Disturb. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah, maybe that's specific to the laptops, and because I got this, uh, or it's also possible that I just turn that off because one of the first things I do when setting up a Mac is I go into the keyboard uh, system preferences keyboard shortcuts and turn off a whole bunch of crap. Yeah, yeah, imagine. Uh, Well, uncheck the boxes for a whole bunch of stuff (laughs) because you know I do like setting my custom short keyboard shortcuts. Uh, Like you know I can type in Markdown and then hit Command Nope Control H and get HTML to the clipboard. I love it. One of these things I'm going to play with. Hey, service tools, man. You need Markdown yep. service tools right now in your life. Yep. 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 I am going to play with, what's that tool called that you use your keyboard? Keyboard Maestro. <laughs> ah. <laughs> play with that a little bit. Uh, and, and I told Mallory, I said, you better be careful. If you keep letting me play around with the MacBook, you might not have a MacBook. You want to know what her response was? Just means I get to buy a new computer hmm yeah she set you up dude she totally set you up i know and i had nothing to do with this i nope. just want to be clear about this nope you did not although we're gonna sit down uh once you get you know get a little bit more comfortable with getting around loop back and i'm gonna show you how to build something because i think you were running into a problem earlier today and you couldn't figure out why it wasn't working but i think i know what you probably were trying to do and where you 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 missed a step yeah, yeah. Trying to use I was the gonna same stream. device. I was going to stream us into, into Club because I downloaded Club Deck and even signed in. And I was going to stream us into Club Deck. And then I realized, well, no, I can't join the room because then I'll be hearing Michael twice and it'll get confusing. Yeah, uh, but, so but I didn't you do could that. mute me on the board too in Club Deck. Yeah, but then there would be a, de- wait, what? No, I can mute you from Clean Feed. Well, you could do that. Yeah, but can but you then, also mute me in Club Deck? Like I have Club Deck set as channel six, I think. But then the I wouldn't be able to hear the people in Club Deck yes. in Clubhouse, though. Good point. That, that, good, that's what good point. Yeah, uh, no, the way to do it would have been for me to stream the show into Club Deck uh, uh, instead of you doing it. Uh, yeah. Well, you you have less followers than me, so maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea because maybe most of your followers would see it. We have zero people in Clubhouse now. Uh, Jeff, I think Jeff got bored with us when I started talking about switching over to the Mac. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so but loop loopback is an amazing piece of software. Next thing you got to do is get uh, get audio hijack. On you. No. <laughs> so what you really should do is go in and make a... So this gets convoluted, but I I did this once before, and I think it still works. I'm going to do it again. Go in and create a virtual device. This is another another cleanup tip for Rogue Amoeba 2. It would be helpful if we could like uh, share devices collapse. Oh. oh, well, yeah, that too. I'm sorry. Yeah, they didn't, they wasn't on that conversation. The NSA was listening <laughs> in on that one, not Rogue Amoeba. Yeah. So first thing is, hey, you know, there's a handy thing with, with audio hijack. I can build a session, which I have done. I have built uh-huh. a session specifically yep. for what somebody else needed 
exported it and sent it to them. And you know mm-hmm. what? They were able to import that and it worked just fine. Cannot do that with Loopback. Uh, Rogue Amoeba. Be nice if we got that. Maybe version three coming up sometime this right. year, possibly. Right. Make it worth uh, the paid upgrade. Yeah, paid upgrade. You know, that'll be a great feature to throw in. Hey, don't screw with my interface this time, though, please. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of rocking. I'm kind of good with that. Uh, but just, just as an exercise in using loopback and figuring out what you can and can't do with it, uh, create a virtual device for each one of your channels that you do not have a physical plug plugged into or create, you know, 12 devices. Uh, but once you have all 12, so let's, let's, let's just do six. I will say we're going to do six. So channels one, two, three, four, five, six, right? You create a individual loopback device for each one of those channels. Uh, and set the source as, you know, that particular channel. So C1, C2, C3, C4, C5, C6, mm-hmm. right? Then you go create a seventh loopback device and you can add those virtual devices as sources to that loopback device. Ooh, ooh, okay. And th- I see what you're saying. And then and you can also, hold on, here's another thing that maybe you haven't stumbled on yet and I hadn't mentioned it to you because we were, uh, at the time, I don't think you needed it. Uh, and you probably have forgotten. You can also add more channels to the actual loopback interface. So right now you start off with one, two, but you can add two more and get three, four, and then five, six, and so on. So you can do different sorts of mappings. Yeah. Uh, in the document, because I did read that in the document, and I said, I don't know why I would need that when you can have multiple different sources. So maybe you have a reason why you might need multiple channels in one source. But in the document, it said you can go up to 64 channels. Yep. That per is device. Go, uh, yeah, per device. So you can go up to 64. I've never gotten up that high. Uh, <laughs> so one, that's how I made my virtual mixer back in the day before either of us actually had a mixer is I went in and I added all of the possible sources I would ever want to connect. And then I set that virtual mixer device as the input and output in Reaper. Uh, okay. Now and I just I had see. everything mapped to a channel, right? So my microphone was on channel one for that that group. Uh, VoiceOver was on channel two. Uh, I will pull Chrome audio on channel three in that device, like, you know, like that. So like, that's, yeah. that's one reason. And then set your inputs on each of those tracks to whichever channel you channel, can right. to back. Huh. So it really was a virtual mixer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You just didn't, couldn't adjust volumes on the fly. Right. I mean, you could, but you'd have to switch over to loopback to adjust those volumes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing that you could also do is, let's say, for example, you wanted to map some outputs to the board, right? Let's say you wanted to hardwire like Chrome, et cetera, uh, or, or Edge. Did you install Edge or Chrome? I have not installed either yet. I'm still Whoa. just using Safari. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. But like Safari and music in Spotify, for example, you can tie all those to the same channel on the board. Yeah. So like you could map all those to say channel five on your board, right? And and have all of those, but you could give them, or let's say you were trying to make a device where you needed to share. So here's here's one possible solution for what you were trying to do earlier. So for everybody listening, so we don't get too separated from the listeners because, you know, hopefully you'll learn something or have some more questions for us. You know, you can always, you know, go to your own pay.com slash DM 89 and drop a comment. No, you can't. You can't leave a comment. Hold on. <laughs> you could always talk to us on Twitter. We'll tell you how to do that later uh, or show up in Clubhouse next time we're recording and, and, yeah. and yeah. you know. Put your thoughts in and, there. And, and and if you support us at your own pay.com slash support, I will even go create a special segment in in Sendy to send you the clubhouse link every time we record if you support us for five dollars. Oh, there you go. That's I think that's what the cool people are doing, right? <laughs> I, I don't know what they're doing, man. I have to stop paying attention, dude. Uh <laughs> <laughs> okay, so problem to solve here is essentially we need to create a mix minus yes there are going to be other ways to do this i I hear some of you screaming right now even though you're not hearing this episode just yet Uh, but as you're hearing it in your ears i hear you screaming stop it because i'm trying to work um so michael has zoom he has club deck and my microphone and his microphone 
And the goal here is for the people in Club Deck to be able to hear Zoom and hear Michael. The people in Zoom to be able to hear the people in Club Deck and hear Michael. And for no one at any given time to hear a feedback loop where they're hearing themselves at the same time. But Michael needs to hear Zoom and Clubhouse. Oh, yeah. And Michael has to hear all of this. That, that's that's a given. So Mike needs to be able to hear both of these things uh, at the same time as well. So everybody needs to hear everybody without hearing themselves except Michael because he's probably monitoring himself, hopefully. So he will hear himself. But that's a different conversation. Here's a way we could do this with Loopback. With the board, because you have the board in play. Uh, so why not make use of the fact that you have physical sliders and knobs, right? Yep. That's yep. one of the cool things about having a board uh, is you put your hands on the sliders all right so one way of doing this is go in and i would name these devices for what their input and what their output is going to be so we go in here and we say i need uh zoom in uh would be one device name you could set uh club deck as a as a uh device i mean as a as a source uh-huh uh, and you could set the micro uh, channel. What what channel are you? Add the twelve NTK and add channel one as a uh, input. All right, now that is the input for Zoom. Choose that as the input device for Zoom. In Club Deck, you need uh, Club. We'll call it Club In. You're gonna do the exact same thing, except you're gonna exchange Club Deck in this scenario for uh, Zoom. Uh huh. People in Zoom can hear Clubhouse. People in Clubhouse can hear Zoom. All right, we're good. And you should be able to hear everybody because you're going to hear that audio being passed through. Yeah, yep. Now, at that point, you're kind of sort of done, I think. I I think you're correct. I See, I tried to make it with pass-through devices and all be one that's used for input uh, and output. And, and it halfway worked, but not the way that I wanted it to work. So the problem with that is they wouldn't have been able to hear you, though. Yep. Yep. Because I, I I have done exactly what you were trying to do. Is you set you set up a device as an output for Zoom, and it was just passing audio through, and you selected that as the input to Club Deck. Yep. And then you did this. That, yeah, I, I've done that. And the problem is they don't hear you. Right. And as soon as you add yourself to one of those devices, like things you, get weird. You, for everybody you get else. you everywhere. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, another yeah. way to possibly also do this, uh, if we go back to our hardware software mixture here, would be let's say I map, so I go into loopback and I create one virtual device. And I add Zoom as a source and I add Club Deck as a source. Now, I create uh, channels one and two are going to be connected to Zoom. And I'm going to connect channels one and two output from Zoom to channel three on the board. Right. I'm going to take, I'm going to add another set of channels. So now I have three, four. Three, four will be connected to, will be the output uh, channels for Club Deck and Loopback. And I'm going to map three, four to channel four on the board. Okay. Now, you still have your uh, aux going into six. Six. Um, and let's see. We need one more thing here for that to work, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then you still have your groups going into 11, 12, right? Okay. So that's your setup right now. So now you have. Club Deck audio coming out, Zoom audio coming out on channel three, Club Deck coming out on channel four uh, with no wires. Now, you go turn Ox one up to send audio into, we'll say Club Deck. Mm-hmm. So turn That's Ox what I'm one. Using. Yep. Yep. So turn Ox one up on channel one and channel three. So they should hear you, they should hear Zoom. Uh huh. Hit groups on Clubhouse and channel one. Uh-huh. And, and now hear. Zoom should hear you and they should hear Clubhouse. Yep. Yep. See, and that's kind of how I have it. Well, that is how I have it set up here, except I don't have any loopback in the mix. So, Right. Huh. 
All right. Looks like tomorrow I'm going to be. Oh, I can't play with it tomorrow. Mallory has homework she needs to get done, but I'm going to be. See, playing. this is what happened. <laughs> I know. I know. This is what but happens since I'm you, editing this, hopefully all this will stick in my head. Yeah, yeah. But that's 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 one example of like having multiple channels mapped to something could work. Uh it's also a very bastardized way to to map all of your outputs to independent channels on the board if <laughs> if you're lazy or you don't have enough hardwire cables or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, because that is how I actually get. So I have things I need to rearrange some stuff now because I moved a couple of things around. But right now you're on channel four. You're always on channel four because I have a C4 device that is just one channel going out to. Uh, and I that I just said that C4 device is the output for all VO IP applications. Yep. So yep. clean feed, telephone, et cetera. Uh, and I have all browser audio output for like, uh, you know, uh, Chrome, Safari, et cetera, set to be uh, Channel 5, which is a virtual device. I could grab all of those sources independently, but the reason I did it the way that I did it is because, well, let's say I'm using Microsoft Teams one day. Well, I didn't add that as a thing, and I don't want to have to go in the loop back and add that at the last minute. I just set the output to be C4, and bam, there we go. We're done. Got it. Got it. Ah, audio. It can, you can do some wonderful things with audio. Yep. Did you ever reboot again with uh, no. voiceover mapped out through loopback? I have not yet. I will be testing that tomorrow at some point. Because that shouldn't work that way unless something has changed since I started with this particular computer because ever since I got this computer I've just been hardwiring audio right. out to the board for right. voiceover so I never lose it in case uh, the the ACE component crashes which <laughs> it, it, it used to do uh, seem to be more stable right now than it has been see people this is why I don't upgrade sometimes for like six <sighs> months <laughs> because right now audio wise like Everything with Rogue Amoeba software is stable. It's not randomly crashing. Voiceover is not crashing except for that random terminal issue that I have no idea why it happens, but whatever. Apple. Uh, <laughs> so for listeners who were in Clubhouse last time we were recording, you may or may not have heard that that little clip that Nicholas recorded for us that goes at the beginning of the podcast that Demasi has probably only heard once that says Payone Media Productions is kind of more... wait. I think it just says Payo Media. Anyways, whatever it says, I hear it every time. It's a Payo it. Media production. Yes, yes. There you, so he, Demasi has heard it. But Payo Media LLC is now official. And making this official caused me to rethink my email life a little bit. And I have come to the conclusion that I'm going to stick with Google Workspace. I didn't call it G Suite that time. But I wanted to rebrand everything to be pay-owned media versus year-on-pay. And Demasi helped me with figuring out the best procedure to go through with this. And I recently have switched my domain name. So now you can email Michael at payown.media or Michael at yourownpay.com. And the experience was not a difficult one once I followed the directions. Going in thinking, oh, I know what I need to do. I'll just get this done doesn't always work. And I think that's probably the lesson that I've learned over the last two weeks. Michael should actually listen to directions before trying to do something. And then you'll save a couple of hours of headache trying to figure out how to get something done. But I got pound.media domain all switched over in workspace. Uh, the website is not live right now at all. Uh, well, I mean, it's more live than it was earlier today, but the, the website really doesn't have much on there. But my experience was not 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 too bad once I actually got it all figured out. Now, Demasi, I had a question for you, and I now know the answer to it, but I'm curious about this. When I changed everything over, and then I went to Timery or uh, uh, Toggle to log in, and I clicked the login with Google. It still logged me in, even though my Google account now is Michael at Payone.media. How exactly does that work? Do you know? So the reason that that works, and I have been down this path a couple of times of changing not only 
not only my primary domain in uh, G Suite at the time, not Google Workspace, uh, but also changing my my user email address. Um, so the way that the reason the reason that your login with Google still works, even though your email address and your Google Workspace account has changed, is because. Uh, Toggle and all other services that use login with Google really aren't looking at your email address to verify you as a user. What they're doing is verifying you, your account access through the use of the OAuth token that they were handed by Google when you first gave them authorization to get said information. Now, all services, well, perhaps not all, but I would say most services, if not all services, can pull your email address. So for example, if you were to log into your Toggle account and uh, go look at your profile, it probably shows your, uh, your email address. Yep. Uh, yeah, and it probably still shows your your own pay because they've had no reason to go refresh their data over there. Right. Uh, but they originally pulled that when you first gave them access to, you know, uh, use your Google account to authenticate you as a user. Right. But they're just holding on to a token uh, at this point. So they're not actually looking at the email address associated with the account at all. They're just, you know, verifying that the token is still good. This is why occasionally when you go log into a service with Google, you will have to re-authenticate with Google mm-hmm. because typically at that point, it means that their token has expired uh, or has been expired for some reason, and they just need to get that re- you know a new authentication token from Google that says, "Hey, uh, you know, here, here, yes, I'm me." So uh, signing it's because that was going to be my next question is when I have to get a new token, even though the email address changes, that should not pose any problems. Then. No, it's not going to pose any problems. Because they're still getting the authentication. It's essentially Google is standing in as 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 the middleman if we if we kind of look at it this way it's like you go to a restaurant and you want to order a margarita i don't know if you drink margaritas yep. but i like good yep. i like a good margarita yep you want to order order a margarita well instead of you telling this person that you're you know old enough to drink and showing them your identification mallory shows them your marriage license Ah, okay. Okay. So Mallory can say, well, I am married to him and my last name is the same as his last name. So therefore he must be old enough to drink. So let him have a drink. And they're like, okay, cool. Now they will not work at regular restaurants for that, by the way, just, just throwing that out there. (laughs) No, that probably will not work at a regular restaurant, (laughs) but essentially her, her being Mallory Babcock and them knowing who she is, she can stand in and say, yes, he's Michael Babcock. And he's, he's, yeah, uh, I, get, I see. He's so she verifies who I am to them uh-huh. on my behalf. Right. Now, if you were to go out and get a name change and let's say you change your name to Aaron and now you're Aaron Babcock. Well, they're still not going to care because Mallory is still vouching that you are the person that you're supposed to be God. in order to get your, your margarita. That is a, Convoluted, but great explanation. (laughs) (laughs) It makes sense to me. Hopefully it makes sense to the listeners. But that's been my experience. Uh, I'm going to go rebrand my YouTube channel because right now my YouTube channel is just Payone. Going to rebrand that to Payone Media. I have a few other things I've got to work on, so we will follow up, hopefully, if I remember right, to share more information about this process on DM90. Yep, in two weeks, which will... I have no idea what the date is. I'm not going to even guess. This is coming out the first. I know I know when this is coming out. I was saying when oh. we next record. Oh, oh, today's the 26th? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Wow. February throws me off. <laughs> it does, right? Like, I just it, set up a subscription for somebody in, in, in Stripe, and I gave them a 30-day trial, right? Because they paid the, the setup fee mm-hmm. that includes the first 30 days. Um, Going to be doing some price adjustments there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, so, I set up their thing, and it was like the 24th, I think, is when I set this up. And... You know, I'm looking at the information. Stripe is very good about telling you what's going to happen before you actually submit anything. So, like, I could see that they had a 30-day trial and that it was going to, their first invoice, uh, their first payment was going to be due 
on uh, March 26th for their uh, recurring subscription. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, how the fuck did you get, how did you get to March 26th? And then I had to remember, oh, February, there's only 28 days. Yes, yes. It would have really screwed me up if it would have been a leap year because I probably oh, <laughs> thought about I that. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, what, the 27th? Yeah. How did they get an extra three days out of this? I'm confused. <laughs> so, one, I'm excited. Mike has finally started uh, his business. Uh, so, we're both now in business. We're all in business. We just got to make some money. So, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we always, I always thought starting would be the hard part. Now I'm realizing it really only took a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, it literally only takes a few minutes to, to, to start a business. Yeah. But man, once you start a business, you start developing obligations that you have to, uh, you know, that cost money, like even if you're not, you know, doing anything. So definitely stick around. We will be talking more about our experiences and growth and our use of technology and new tools as we continue on this business journey. As Michael has said, you can find show notes and links to things that we have mentioned in this episode at yourownpay.com slash DM89. Oh, no, yourownpay.com is not going away. It's still going to be a thing. All right, it still yeah. exists. It's yeah. the network good, good site. Good call, good call. So, uh, yeah, do not don't do not try to go to payon.media slash DM anything. That, that is absolutely work. not going to no. work. No, uh, <laughs> We don't even know how we got yourownpay.com slash DM working. So <laughs> we are not getting payon.media slash DM working. Uh, so uh, go to yourownpay.com slash DM89 for show notes, links to things mentioned. Sign up for the newsletter because you get a lot of bonuses and, and, and heads up before things get spoken about on the show or before the rest of the world knows. So definitely opt into the newsletter. Go to yourownpay.com slash support if you would like to support the show and what we're doing. And you can follow him on Twitter. Hey, now he finally has a name at Payon, P-A-Y-O-W-N. I don't think he's going to change that to underscore no. media. <laughs> no. 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 I am on Twitter at Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E. No, my business account does not have a Twitter. Look, Mike just backed his way into that thing, man. He <laughs> he named the business so he would not have to go to a, create a new Twitter account. Man, that yep. guy's smart. Sure did. Sure did. <laughs> and uh, the show is at the DM series. Oh, and one last thing before we go. You will not get virtual devices at your own pay.com slash DM89 because that is not a thing. Thank you, Rob. You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.